You're listening to Senior Times Podcasts. Thanks to our sponsors, Expressway and Doro Phones, for making this podcast possible. Welcome to part one of episode six, where I meet an old sparring partner in Ivan Yates. Later on in part two, I'll be talking to an old friend, Jeff Power, playwright and documentary filmmaker, about things like teaching creative writing in Portlaoise Jail. Be sure to click on if you enjoy part one. But first up, it's Ivan Yates. Ivan's life has been a colourful one so far. A young TD with a Machiavellian streak, a cabinet minister, a self-made millionaire and then bankrupt, then reinvention and redemption as a star of Irish media. And something tells me he's not finished yet. Let's go and meet him. Ivan Yates, how are you? I'm in great form, in good form. And uh, I myself have turned a bit of a corner. I found... The first, well, I, I worked in radio and TV up to yeah. the summer, July, August 2020. So COVID didn't affect me. But really, from this time last year until about May, June, I really found it very, very tiresome. Mm. I'd moved to Wexford and so on. And uh, I, I basically, in lockdown, wrote 18,000 words of a syllabus for everything I ever learned from my yeah. mistakes uh, on both sides of the <laughs> microphone uh, and and basically set up mediamasterclass.ie and uh, in August with iQuest and uh, slowly but surely it's starting to gain traction and uh, but by God those sectors in transport, hospitality, high street, the, yeah. the arts, events they're all yeah. devastating. So, 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 what a world we're living in! And listen, there, there's yeah. loads we could chat about. Um, and I'm sort of, I could, I could pick. I see it's great fun interviewing Ivan rather than the other way around. You know, we get because <laughs> I could, I could pick. What one thing I could pick you up on is how did you manage to fit all of your mistakes into eighteen thousand words? I <laughs> well, it, it 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 wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because you there's there's, there's a few there, there's a few things to un, to to to, un, to unpick with you. And uh, you're you know you're a Wexford man. You grew you grew up, I think, on a an initially farming background. But one thing that baffled me because you you weren't really one of those political families, Ivan. Yet you were a TD at 21 years old. Uh, how 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 did that happen? Well. Uh, I tell people talking you know, that I, I had no political pedigree background. My my parents dis- actively disapproved of politics as a distraction from work and business. And uh, I just say I was lucky to be in the right place at the right time. <laughs> but as I could only tell you, Connor, that <laughs> isn't the reality of it. Uh, from about 17 on, I became the most active, voluntary worker in Fine Gael, started from the ground up, was very raw recruit, made every conceivable yeah. mistake. Uh, and basically, I, uh, Garrett decided to put a young Fine Gael candidate mm-hmm. on every ticket, not for the county council elections, but for the town council elections. Yeah. And nobody else in young Fine Gael wanted to run. And I thought, well, look, I have no chance. My father has just died. Uh, I uh, have been in boarding school since the age of eight. I don't know 
200 people in an escorty personally. <laughs> uh, but you know what? If I give it a go, I'll do so badly that I'll put my name out there and get in mm. in five years' time. Got in by 13 votes and then became district organiser in a wider... Yeah. And just basically outmaneuvered the senator who was in place to get the nomination. And, and my Machiavellian best uh, basically... You know, you eat what you kill. So I did all this. <laughs> Game of Thrones playing out over, over an NSC. Hard work, hard work, hard work. Hard, hard work. work. Yeah. And, and so you're in the Dáil for 20 years. O only one yeah. of your careers. Um, I, 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 for a spell, you were Minister for Agriculture. I suppose that was the, your, your, um, your, your turn at senior hurling, Ivan. Yeah, yeah, no, I was, Finnegan was in opposition quite a lot. So from the late 80s, uh, Alan Jukes put me on the front bench. I was health spokesperson in the middle of a really severe health crisis. Mm. Rory O'Hanlon was Minister for Health, and I kind of cut my adversarial teeth on that and became a national figure. And so far as I got other people to do a lot of work and <laughs> took all the credit for it. that, I deserve an OBE, which is for other buggers' efforts. I get other lots of people. Efforts to really work very hard in radio and TV and in <laughs> politics. Like I would have had 300 volunteers in my, I call it my party. Yeah, well, that's, that's Finn Gael's strength. In, yeah, in exactly. And, yeah. and, but it was, it was, it was absolutely uh, the commitment, the energy, the discipline, the, like it was, mm. it was a fighting machine over 20 years, over eight general elections and undefeated, ending up top in the poll. Yeah. So th there was a lot of stuff there. Politics was really good to me. Mm. Uh, I, 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 you know, I, I, but basically, I said that I would get out of politics in my forties. And uh, you made that promise became, to yourself when you were in your twenties, did you? And you I, I know. It. I said it publicly. I said it publicly. And I will uh, know. We don't count things. You don't count things you say publicly, Ivan. As any guy well, to intention. Well, well, <laughs> well, well, well. Put it like this. Uh, 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 the, the situation was that I had I'd been finance spokesperson, I'd been different things, and mm. I, I was basically one of the people that was propping up John Bruton and the heels yeah. of leadership against him, and so on. And then we got into government, and that was all fine. The rainbow government that worked well uh, with Labour and DL and Indeed, lots yeah. of people like that, and 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 it was a success. And we actually gained eight seats coming out of that which is a bit of a lesson for maybe some of the parties in government now. But anyway, the, the bottom line is that. When they eventually toppled Bruton, I was faced with the choice of mm. to go for the leadership myself yeah. <clears throat> uh, or, to, or, or not. And basically, I had already decided because mm. I had opened six betting shops. I opened my first betting shop in Tremor, yeah. three grand a week. And eventually we built it up to 190 million. Uh, don't ask me how. It was 63 yeah. shops. But basically, uh, the, the story was I could see an exciting alternative career in business. I was mm. really passionate about the bookmaking game. The most important thing, whatever walk your life you, you go into, you must be right now, right here, the really most energetic, passionate person about that. The mm. truth is I was probably burnt out from 20 years of politics. I probably yeah. had really worked hard at constituency work, funerals, uh, mm. front bench briefs and all that kind of thing. And I just had reached a point where, Jesus, there must be more to life than this. Yeah. I've really given this my best shot. I saw TDs kind of hanging on for the sun and becoming a quota squatter and taking all the shortcuts. 
And I said, you know what? At 40, I'm in my prime. I've learned mm. so many people skills from politics. I just want to go. I just want to make money. And, and basically, yeah. that was that was you'd make serious money. And that was fine. And uh, uh, so basically, so I, stay, nothing stay. bad to say about politics. It was just done for me. Yeah, so 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 politics done a bit sort of stale and 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 past it, and the joy gone out of it for you. Uh, well, and no, the, on the other been, hand, when the... you've been when you've been to cabinet and you've been, pre- I I do suffer from a low boredom threshold. And so yeah. far as that, like now maybe over ten years as opposed to over ten weeks, but like <laughs> I I I once I've sussed out a thing completely, the challenge has sort of gone mm. out of it in farming and politics and business. There was, there was a, a, there's a moment, and you would have seen this in, in mm. different fields of your own career, you just have that zeitgeist. And when, when yeah. you lose that, either circumstantially or within your gut, it's time to, to look around. Because to, to you do don't want you to be, you know, you know the old, the old swinger, you know what, uh, what I used to do all night now takes all night. And when you get to that stage, and I'm 62 now, so you've got to be, You've got to be self-aware about, mm. you know, are you are you at your best now? And politics requires enormous energy, like uh, you know, like whereas business and other things require judgment and experience. Mm. Uh, but like the sheer twenty-four-seven, seven days a week, seven nights a week, just it was yeah. like when I look back at it, it was manic. Yeah, or you you don't you you don't have a political job so much as it's it, it's more like a marriage than a job, isn't it? Absolutely. It, Absolutely. It, it, it is immersive. So the entrepreneur in you and the bookmaker in you. I mean, this it's an extraordinary arc. I mean, everybody knows it in outline, Ivan. But you have been, you know, a, a politician, cabinet minister, uh, self-made multi-millionaire, and then bankrupt. <laughs> at and at then one point in time. At, at, at one, one point, point in time. Yeah, if only you'd yelled up and said, "Stop the count!" At that exact point. Well, no, I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't I, like. Like, I, I, I looked around. I have to tell you this: I looked around in '06. That stage, maybe I had about fifty something shops. Mm. I was making, like, we had very good accounting systems. I was making eighty grand a week. Like, I was making four million a year, and. <sighs> Like, I just couldn't have enough shops. I couldn't have enough growth. I couldn't have enough this, that. And, and the growth was really this, rapid. This, this, you, you, you got up oh to yeah. over 60. I mean, 62. I, I opened in Wales as well and that kind of thing. No, and like, so then I remember 07. So the biggest racing week is the Galway Goodwood week. It's the builder's holidays, yeah. the week before the August bank holiday. Mm. And every year turnover. So the really important week. Every you, I get the returns every night yeah. from every betting shop, and I'm looking at all these faxes in those days and figures, and I said, "Hold on a minute, Turner was actually down for the first time in ten years. What the feck is this about? The builders were oh, starting the, oh, the, property, okay. the bubble was bursting. Sorry, let me remind you." The banks went bust. Uh, Property halved in value. The country but, went first. Uh, but this that that, that didn't happen until 08, Ivan. In 07, yeah. the no, future no, no, was no. bright. No, it actually happened in 010. I mean, the, no, the, yeah. but the story, the first signs of this, tremors, started yeah. to happen in the summer of 07. So anyway, I got on my bike and I said, I have fantastic performance here, turnover figures. I'm going to not fall in love with my business, I'm going to flip it at the top of the market. Yeah. And to cut a long This was a terrific short, plan. Yeah. In 2008, I had a deal on the table with William Hill to sell the business for 18 million. 
And in October, the uh, minister announced that the betting tax, which was 1%, so if you go into a bet job, you don't pay any tax, the country yeah, doesn't yeah. pay, but the bookie pays 1%. My margin was 1.75% net, and the b- b- betting right. tax was raised from 1% to 2%. And William Hill said, WTF, you know, hmm. uh, we're, we're out of here. And from then, it was like trying to catch a knife. Then, combination yeah. of... The online thing really started to heat up, though, you know, beyond the millennium, really started to heat up. Like a lot mm. of people who put money into it in the 90s lost money. You know, yes, what I mean? yeah. Paddy Power in the early years lost money. But now, 90, you know, when I opened my first betting shop in uh, St. Stephen's Day, 1987, 95% of all bets were across the counter in cash. Now, yeah. I would say 95% of all bets are either in credit, online, debit, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's a transformed yeah. business. So different worlds, different skill. I mean, perhaps yeah. the same industry fundamentals for a bookmaker, but it's a completely different yeah. um, well, it's a lot the more scale is required. All, oh, yeah, it, it, it's just, it's a different business. And 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 sorry, I, I actually was going to do a JV, but uh, to set up my own online thing, but a lot of independents who did it, you know, the thing about online is there's huge consolidation. There's mm. only going to be two or three big players. There's not yeah. going to be 50 successful players. And that's happened with, you know, Bet Betfair. It's happened with a yeah. lot of things. So there's a flight to that. And, and you know, your costs then are totally driven by scale. But so that was grand. And then that 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 was that was coming to a shuddering so, so, halt. So you, you very, did, well, very it, difficult time. Oh, you know, that must have been, you know, that that must have been a very, very difficult time because, uh, and and you know, you were both, you were you were the self-made multimillionaire, and and then you 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 had to be bankrupt. But not only did you have to be bankrupt, which in you know in the United States is something that, um, you know, you you come out the far side of quickly. You had to be bankrupt in Ireland, which specifically meant, you know, for pragmatic reasons, you had to spend time in Wales and, yeah. um, just a god awful. Set up. Sorry, you, yeah, well, you must have come away from that. I'm, with some I'm very, views on... yeah, I'm very, I'm very upfront about about that because because at that stage, you see, I started to work in News Talk in April '09 with Claire Brennan's yeah. Breakfast Show, so my life was very much back like political days in a goldfish bowl, and and so as the sort of recession wore on, and one thing, um, basically, there was a lot of like we had 423 staff and one thing or another. Mm-hmm. So what I did was uh, on the business side, I actually went around to every shop to see, okay, Ladbrokes, Carl's, uh, Boyle's don't have a shop in this town. And I kind of sliced and diced it. So yeah. then I got an examiner uh, and then he turned into receiver, Neil Hughes. And I told him this person mm-hmm. will buy this shop. So anyway, 32 of the shops are still trading and were sold successfully and that was fine. But the problem was that I was caught on a personal guarantee for the, so the receivership worked well, but there was a residual debt of about 3 million. Uh, and basically what happened was that um, the bank said, uh, this is not a problem, Ivan, you have a new career, you can, you can um, work for the next 10 years and pay us back the 3 million. So I said, well, actually, this this wasn't a personal loan. I, I didn't get any, I actually lost my own money in the business. I said, mm-hmm. you know, th- th- this was actually a, a company debt. Mm-hmm. And Bernard Summers was 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 advising me and negotiating with me in Bank Centre. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, you know, I've gone on the board of Aircom, he changed hands five times. And we just restructured 1.6 billion of debt. 
and wrote it off and no one lost their home. And you, you're you up for three million with the bank on a personal guarantee as if you personally had the benefit of this money. So basically I said to the bank, look, if I wanted a job with the bank, I would have applied for it so that I just wasn't in a position. Travelling with Expressway and your free travel pass is made easier with a reserved seat. When booking journeys at expressway.ie, make sure to select Seat Only Reservation Free Travel Scheme and pay just €2 per trip to guarantee your seat. Bookings can also be made from ticket machines in stations and priority boarding will be given to those who book in advance. Travel without a booking is still more than welcome, if you prefer, provided we have space on board. Take it easy with your free travel pass and expressway.ie. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times, the magazine and website for people who don't act their age. Or maybe you have a loved one or a friend who you know would love to read more. You can buy a subscription and have the magazine delivered direct to their door. To subscribe to Senior Times, visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash senior times. So I, I offered them uh, a proportion of my income up to my mother's death and that we would sell all the, my only remaining asset was the farm at home as long as I could keep the house. And they said, Ivan, this isn't about money. If you gave us 99 cents in the euro, we wouldn't take it. So I said, okay. Mm. And he said, you know, there's reputational issues here. If people, if you seem to get a deal of any description, you know, then nobody's going mm. to pay their debts. So I said, that's fine. That's fine. Leave it with me because moral, this, I just ha- moral hazard. Select exactly. I, yeah. I said, I, I, just, I just cannot live my life this way. And basically, because my son had gone to Swansea University, because um, I had business in Swansea and Carmarth and Bristol and uh, Newport, I actually had an apartment in Swansea. Mm. And I said, you know what? I'm going to research the 1986 UK Insolvency Act. And I found that after a year, unlike 12 years in Ireland, Mm -hmm. I could uh, do it. And so I did all that and went in and out of bankruptcy, uh, clean as a whistle, absolute discharge, no uh, complied in every way. Uh, And basically, I came back uh, straight back into work in news on radio and TV. And I said, you know what, to a storm of bankruptcy, poster, boy, yeah. tourism, that kind of stuff, and all the negativity. That message, you know what? This isn't about me. This is about we need to copy and paste the UK Act and Absolutely. give people a fresh start. And Absolutely. I mean, everyone, if, you, if, you, everyone, if you want to squash an entrepreneur culture and stamp it out and prevent it, you, you, you treat commercial failure the way, the way it fell on you. So, so, so basically, uh, you know, and, and, and now the great thing is, uh, during the pandemic, the ISI, the Irish Insolvency Service, have ads. Connor, if you have a financial problem and if you yeah. can't pay your debt, come to us and we will give <laughs> you a solution. So that that every time I hear that, I smile uh, to the progress that Ireland yeah. has made and well, my you know, delight. 
you've been a very Red useful delight. poster child for us, Ivan, because you were just a yeah. high profile example of, of a bit of our system that's broken and not fit for yeah. 21st century purpose. It wasn't fit for 20th century purpose. I mean, it was a, you know, it was an 18th, 19th century construct. But most people, I think the way. difference was most people succumb to the ignominy of it. Whereas I said, you know what, I'm going to take, and I had no choice because I'm going to take this on head on. Yeah. And anyone yeah. who disagrees with me, I will explain to them chapter and verse how they're just wrong to treat this yeah. as a crime, to have a Victorian approach to it. We've got to suck yeah. this up and move on. Or, or, to, or to have a sense of shame that um, yeah, absolutely. You know, that, 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 that eventually didn't work out. Because, you know, if, if, you're, if your fear of shame is, is greater than your, you know, your personal well, ambition, yeah, you no, just don't I, get innovation. Well, put it like this. I, I wouldn't. For those going through it and having been through it, mm. I would not underestimate that element of humiliation and having been successful person in politics and business. It, that is tough. But yeah, slings and arrows do, do rather seem to bounce off you. And so, I mean, if there was somebody who could cope with it, because at the same time, you were becoming um, a, a really big media personality in, in Ireland and the news talk thing took off when you you took to it like a, a, a duck to water, didn't you? And you, you wound up taking over George's slot on, on the, the sort of the prime yeah. evening uh, slot. Well, I'm very, I'm very proud of the fact that in the history of the station, like really top-class people, David McWilliams, mm. Eamon yeah. Dunphy, Claire Byrne, had done the breakfast slot and basically had never gone past 60,000 listeners. And we got up to 178. Really yeah. good production teams. The point I'm making is this, in fairness, to people like Garrett Hart and so on in News Talk, and this later went on to Virgin TV, they sat me down and they said, look, it's like this. There's a national conversation going on. The guests and the news is the same on every station. We want you to be opinionated. We want you to be contrarian. Yeah. And there was mornings, you know, before we went on air at 5%, I would start with a riff for five or seven minutes. And there'll be, be is this issue. on air now, or is this to the unfortunate off, off air, team off before air, we off, off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they would say so. The story would break in the papers. Um, should we, should we, you know, do this or that? And it would be 50 50. Should we lock down or should we preserve public mm -hmm. health or should we, should we close businesses and be 50 50? And you know, Gareth would come to me and say, What's your take on this? And I'd say, well, actually, I can see both sides of it. I don't have a strong opinion. It's actually you go away and come back with a fucking come, strong opinion yeah. in five you go, minutes. You go, and go and get off, you go and get a cup of coffee and come back angry. And and you you have an opinion. That's what you're paid for. So the the point is that that and we always had this thing that the old heritage audience we couldn't win, but a thirty something mm. solicitor or or a, you know young executive yeah. in 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 Arclo or Skibbereen is your audience. They're driving into yeah. work. And, and so therefore that that was really good and exciting and, and interesting. But I, I that getting up at half four in the morning, it just didn't suit with me. And I was getting fed up with this. And every and we, time and we, were you on the road up and down to Wexford at that time? No, 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 no. I had houses rented in Sandy Mount and so on and various places like that, short term leases. And uh, Dirge was teaching in Dublin and that kind of thing. So basically uh, every time I said, I'm out. I'm finished with this. Um, I'm they, they gave me more money. And I said, no, no, this is not. So in 2016, uh, they were giving me horrendous amounts of money. And I said, look, I'm just leaving. I'm going to America for a year for a sabbatical. My wife is taking that. But I said, I'm not falling out with you. I just don't want to keep getting up at this hour of the morning. I've done it for, you know, from 09 yeah. 
to 16, uh, I just cannot. That's a long shift, shift, yeah. And I then, I, so I forsake the whole thing. And then out of a clear blue sky in the summer of 17, uh, wasn't doing a whole lot. And I got a simultaneous approach completely separately mm. uh, from Virgin Med- uh, Med- uh, Media TV to do The Tonight Show, taken over yeah. from Vincent with Matt Cooper and to do George's old slot in The Hard Shoulder. Because Chris Dunn, who went on with Sarah McInerney, and they weren't, it was, the ratings weren't great on it and so on. Mm. So it was, a bit, it was a bit, you know, uh, Sky yeah, News some, on radio. Know, so, so, sometimes it, it, the it, show it, kind of works. And like Sarah, Sarah McInerney's doing brilliantly uh, yeah. with her own programme now. And Chris, yeah. as we say, take, taking the shilling and is, is, is in yeah. politics land where he's, he's, doing, he's doing very well too. He's, he can become what they you know, whisper it, a special advisor. You know, the way they're and, uh, reserved for, for particular anger that goes. On but huge money. On yeah, huge well, money. One, one, one hopes. One hopes. But, but, but not, I'm not, like, a not like the I'm money not the star was on. Not like the money that the star is being wooed. Um, <laughs> so, there, so you were, you were back, back with the grin so, on your face that accompanied the, 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 the high rolling times in Celtic bookmakers. You're doing, their media career has gone really, really well. Um, it, were you content with that, Ivan? Or? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I was back on my feet. I was, and then the issue came because my family home was captured uh, in bankruptcy as mm. part of my estate. And I was anxious to get it back. And it's a very long five-year saga, but basically it, it, there was a confidence. I ended up suing the bank and the TIB over a three-year saga. And that was settled in January 2020. And basically, I got my home and 35 acres back. And that's when, that's when I said, Deirdre said to me, you know, what? we have a beautiful 1840 home, which yeah. we spent a fortune on in an escort. And you know what, Ivan? There's no one living in it. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to hightail it back and I'm going to live in it and I'm going to retire from teaching. And I said, Mother of God, Deirdre, how are you going to do that? Because <laughs> I, I can't feed myself or dress myself or do anything. Yeah. So I said, I, right. I, 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 as uh, as Chris Donahue suspected long ago, he exactly. literally is so, unable to dress himself. Exactly, exactly, and 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 mind myself. So basically, all my commitments were legally up in after three years in August, July, end of July, twenty fourth of July to be precise, twenty twenty, and I told them all in February after the case was settled, mm. the litigation which we were claiming to us that um, I was going to move back to Wexford and therefore it was impossible to, to continue working. And uh, I said, it's not about money. It's not about anything. I just need a life change. I'm 61 now and I'm going to do this and I've done it. Yeah. So uh, so on to, much like you did with politics, I guess, there's sort of a bit in you that knows when it's time and when, when you need to do something else to keep you fresh. So the last time you and I met, we actually... We actually met, which was which was nice. We met in t- town a few weeks ago, um, and the 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 new venture like is it's it's fun even to see you, Ivan. Kind of you know with that sort of hopping from foot to foot excitement that you you the yeah. energy that you're putting into. I think I think you do kind of need the energy of the new in your life, don't you? Yeah, my story has always been we're not here for a long time, just a good time. So yeah, I know well, so both I, of I you really, can manage it. Yeah, so so, the, the, so I didn't want to set up my own brand new business, so I teamed up with iQuest. But I have to tell you, Connor, that that no Codner joking the 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 COVID thing and the perennial nature. Okay, we'll do it in yeah. this, and we'll do it, and then we'll do it in the autumn, we'll do it in the spring, and it just is rolling over. 
they did. And like, I really feel sorry. Like I, mm-hmm. I emceed the Irish Law Awards, which was the first event in 18 months at the Burlow in November. And it was yeah. an outstanding success. No one died and the whole thing. Like I, I with every fiber in me, and I say this mm. not knowing how bad the figures are going to get, sooner or later, we're going to have to realize a few fundamentals about this. One, yeah. the only person who can mind Connor and COVID is Connor. The state mm. can't do it. Mm-hmm. So if you've got underlying conditions or you're as healthy as a 20-year-old trout, right? Yeah. You can, you have to manage your own risk. And yeah. and so the idea that this is a cancer uh, or a cardiac disease, it's not. It's not. Yeah. And, However, and while there, my, while there my, will be... My, so I was going to say, while well, there will be some lotto losers statistically yeah. amongst the large population, there will be somebody who's healthy as a trout who actually yeah. gets really, really sick or dies. Yeah. But, you know, the context of risk, you were a bookie, the context of risk. I mean, across the, 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 the population, people don't tend to perceive risk um, in, in a balanced, rational way. But, if, but, you know, if you reacted with the same fear to everything, you'd never cross a road. We, we, we have to make... Absolutely. A, a judgment call and, and, at some stage where we the, live. Also, the, the other thing is that this morning I did one of my mock interviews with the CEO of one of the largest hospitals in the country, and she said, you know, the morbidity story of this in terms of people are not getting... Sorry, I'm triple vaxxed. I wear masks yeah, me and too. all that kind of thing. And I'm sensible about all this because I think it's my responsibility. But at yes. the same time, I feel absolutely... Connor, if you want to pull the duvet up over you, if you don't want to go to a pub, absolutely fine but don't mm. tell me how to live my life and manage my risk and and the fact of the matter is that leaving aside the business devastation and the devastation which yeah. we haven't begun like i mean there, there's so many extend and pretend schemes like yeah. there, we haven't got close we haven't got close to yeah. like this is beyond pup this is beyond yeah anything. And, and it is literally i mean it's willful extend and pretend which is happening globally and i guess the reason for it and the you know the case for the defense is that um, we, we, we have to, you know, when we're trying to put out a fire, you, you, you can't have somebody else tell you to conserve water. At the well, just in case nobody, in case nobody told you, in uh, the history of the US dollar, more dollars have been printed since March 2020 than the previous 120, 30 year history. Go figure, go figure. I tell you what, come back to me in five years time and tell me a dollar is going to be worth the same Okay, they've done the yeah. same with euros, and they've done the same yeah, with this. Yeah. The, 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 the next crash is inevitably every money printing idea, whether it was mm. Germany, whether it was the lira, every money printing scheme has ended in disaster. Yeah, ultimately, money has to be has to be a function of factors of production and economic activity, Absolutely. rather than just, um, you know, there's a, there's a joke in the Celtic Tiger era that, uh, you know, I, I lend you a million quid and you lend me a million quid and neither of us are any better off. But hey, we're both millionaires. So yeah. the walls of money that are coming at assets yeah. shares the same. And shares this is same. unsustainable. But yeah. the point I'm making, Connor, do you hear anyone talking about this on the National Airways? No. You know, you're more likely to hear about, um, you know, schools and face masks and, uh, and the number capacities of cases today and, and the number of cases today. Um, but you were always kind of good at, well, you know, politician come businessman come um, 
media scoundrel, if there was one thing that you were always good at, you, you do have a good sense of, um, you know, what the punter is thinking, what the punter is saying. So you, you're, you, when you're calling general elections, for example, I know you do a big deep dive into every single constituency. Mm. And, you know, you're, you're one of those nerds who, who, who count through you know, lots well, and lots no, of times. What, what I you do have a, do that, well, I, I can tell you what I actually do, which is that um, I would can, have the, I would have the brains trust of nearly all the parties mm-hmm. and I would go meet them in hugger mugger places and I would go through every one of their candidates yeah. and they, I would t- I'd ask them to rate them out of 10 and to give me the, the inside scale on them all mm-hmm. and would you believe it my, my, my Sinn Féin my Sinn Féin, I, I underestimated uh, and overestimated. Like there was whole, well, everybody, was including 20, Sinn Féin, they, they did yeah, themselves. 20 seats, 20 seats that I penciled down that were not going to go to the government and were either going to go to Fianna Fáil, were principally going to go to Fianna Fáil. Uh, 15, 18 seats and the last election, 2020. And like there was, there was candidates that, that Sinn told me, well, we actually had nobody there and we got someone, yeah. you know, off their holidays. So we got, you know, and actually, yeah. and like... And heaven so help us, because some of them are regions. They were definitely going to gain, you know, six to 10 seats and they were in good shape in a lot of constituencies. But, you know, it, it, it was, I've never seen, and this was a lesson to me, and it's to do with younger voters, mm. voters under 35. Um, it was almost like voting for Sinn Féin went viral. And yeah. it taught me, it taught me that politics has changed and elections have changed insofar as the volatility spontaneously of the electorate is now incredible. Someone well, could vote for someone on, on a Monday and someone different on a Friday. Yeah, volatility, I think, is the word because the thing about virals is while they, while they do get very enormous very quickly they can also be transient and i think it, it would be yeah. a, a naive Sinn Féin strategist that looked at you know 35 percent in a sunday independent poll and sort of banked that as their new basement and went shopping from there because uh, you know the, it, 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 the mood can switch away from are, are you expecting taoiseach mary lou Macdonald in the in the coming years and well, do you think that'll blow the uh, blow I, the froth off certainly Féin? certainly if i was if i was if i was uh, doing a book on it Mm-hmm. I would make her favourite. Yes, I would. The disaffection with the establishment has not been sated. Uh, and uh, the pandemic has made that worse. Yeah. Uh, there's an unspoken divide between old and young in this country. Mm-hmm. Everything we have done in the pandemic is to protect the old at the expense of the young. Yeah. Everything in this pandemic, uh, uh, in this economy, is to protect asset values and to screw younger people from owning their own home and getting mm. their own defined benefit pension. Yeah, and the which truth is the big is, fault. No, not so much the pension, important though it is, but the property stuff is the big fault. Well, no, both. both. I mean, like, no, but sorry, no, there was, there was, there was a, a, a paradigm of life's journey, which was you, you got educated, you worked hard, and you aspired to own your own home and to earn enough to have a pension. That was mm. the kind of, that has changed. And therefore... And that has changed because of asset values and it's changed by policies that have actually been our generation, Connor, have pulled up the ladder behind. And there's no question about that. And I think that disaffection is going to be deposited probably in Sinn Féin. The only counterbalance, I would say, to that is that, you know, we're going to have another local elections before the next general election. Mm. I think it will last till 2025. 
even for reasons of self-preservation. My overall view is that, and this is an important point, that I would be particularly viewed the future of Fine Gael is imperiled for this reason. Hmm. If you look at Tony Blair, Maggie Thatcher, Bertie Ahern, to get three consecutive terms is unbelievable. Yeah. So it, on any issue, housing, health, education, taxation, Fine Gael get up in 2025 and say, we're going to do this, that or the other, right? Yeah. People are going to say, well, darling, you had 14 years to do something yeah. about that. And yeah. therefore, I actually think you just cannot... You just and it'd actually be good for the party to get into opposition. Well, to be, fair to, Leo, to be fair to Leo, Ivan, he tried to get out of government after the last. I mean, he first he thing did, he did he was did. came out and said, We lost, we lost, and you know, but he nobody did. else could form a government. So I think his wish will be exceeded to in the next <laughs> session. <laughs> uh, and 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 what about you then? Will you be there? Will you be there um in, in, uh, in no, no, I, well, no I, I am actually taking the media training thing very serious. Um, yeah, I know you are, yeah. I, I may I may end up being somewhat conflicted hmm. because I may do political behind the scenes individual ah. work. I've already had TDs of all parties on the course and so on. And like I actually there's no part of the course, whether you're selling widgets, promoting yourself in politics as a charity or whatever, I don't get into your content. I get into so I'm really a communications coach. And I yes. try to get the best out of you. So I don't care if you're a fascist, socialist, or whatever it is, communist, that's okay. I just I just want you to be on message and to have impact when you talk. And you literally know where you're coming from on that. Because exactly, you, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. And be on message. So 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 uh, um, I, I may end up being convicted of that. But like 2025 is a long time away. And, you know, I've lived my whole life that I just, suck my index finger, see which way the wind is blowing, where is the best opportunity? Any situation, it's amazing what goes around, comes around, like in terms of any political situation, a leadership heave or a disaster in the polls or whatever. It's all happened before, you know what I mean? I've seen it, you know what I mean? Well, you know, if I was, if if I could find a, if I if I could find a, a bookie dumb enough to take the bet, I would certainly back you to succeed, Ivan. Um, oh, well, uh, I, and I, I listen. I'm sure we will. Um, I, it, it, there's so much in your life that we could. Uh, well, no, I, I, we, we can I tell you that I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely flabbergasted, Connor, by this discussion because you, you, you we met uh, yeah. in the Westbury, and and you said, look, I want you to do this, and I said. Okay, you seem to have a lot of news talkers doing this, but okay, if you want me to do it, <laughs> I'll do it. And and you had Dermot and all that good stuff. So yeah. I, I I I said, what's it about? Oh, he said it's about your motoring life, all yeah. the cars you drive. Well, so here I had my be. story about my VMI seven four zero first battered up Escort, all the Fiat <laughs> Ritmos, Argenta, Skodas, and other things that I've driven over the years, and all my motoring tests. And it was for nothing, because one of the yeah. things that I believe in is preparation for any interview. Well, so this, you know, I have completely broken all my rules by winging it with you for the last uh, half hour. Well, I'm pleased to be gently avenged upon you then, because that was often my experience being interviewed by you on, uh, yeah. on, on, on News Talk. If, if there was, one thing you could be virtually certain of was it would bear no relation to the pre-interview I'd had with the researcher a few minutes <laughs> a few minutes before. But well, no, no, we, we, no, no, in fairness, we usually spend the first two minutes doing what you were asked in talk, but then I get bored of that and have to talk to you about something else. <laughs> Uh, well, you're very, you're very good to indulge me, uh, I, 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 Ivan. Listen, thank, thank, thank you very much. Thoroughly enjoyed the chat.
And I'd like to wish you and this podcast every success, Connor. And I look forward to monitoring your progress onward and upward as you take on new projects, uh, reaching uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm in the twilight zone. You're in the autumn zone and you can bring all your experience as yeah. well as all your mellifluous skills to bear. And I wish you well. Ivan Yates is in great form and it was great to meet him for a chat. He's irrepressible and I'm sure we haven't heard the last of him. If you'd like more, don't forget to check out part two, where we'll meet playwright and documentary filmmaker Jeff Power. Click on and I'll see you there. For now, this has been Driving Life with Connor Faulkman. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it or bits of it, then maybe you'll check in with us next time. Until then, drive safely, live happily and come back to see us again. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.